Don't talk to me unless it's about Chelsea Jade, musician, music video genius, and multidisciplinary artist. So Chelsea has this music video for her song Lowbrow, where she's dancing between these cement silos with those giant wavy inflatable things that you see outside of car dealerships, sometimes called sky guys, windy men, or as Chelsea calls them, breezy geezers. And I am so in love with this music video that my sister bought me my own miniature breezy geezer for Christmas. And with this gift, I worked up the courage to message Chelsea and say, hey, I've got a breezy geezer like you. Will you talk to me? And she said, yes. So I'm going to play you a little bit of her song, Laugh It Off, and then we'll get into our conversation. I've been trying to make amends with you lately, but you're difficult. you how you like to introduce yourself um with a siren um first of all <laughs> yeah uh I, I like to introduce myself as um, a multidisciplinary artist i'm working yeah, pri- primarily in music i had heard you say that and i was curious if that kind of still held true for you and so for you what does that title mean like what parts of your art are you encompassing and all that or why do you like using that term yeah i think it's i think it's truer than ever actually um i uh i see music as a vehicle for for all encompassing mediums you know it, it, there's really a lot of opportunity to attack all the senses um and and the way i do that i, I there's i have a strong emphasis on the visual language around the music so um the the video i just put out for a song called optimist um, you know, I learned I learned basic animation for that, and I edited it myself. Like it's all from kind of the same well, which is which is me, and of course, like with the help of friends too, um, Alex Gander, who I've worked with a lot on music videos. Uh, he's kind of like emboldened me to um, take the reins. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, like every facet is is me my, my my album covers and stuff that's that's all um not just conceptualized by me but i but i'm often doing the legwork also yeah yeah i want to um talk about your your music videos later because i love love your videos and you've you've seen my you. wavy man <laughs> <laughs> yes the breezy geezer we call yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, I feel a little kinship with a cut with all car lots. Um, yeah, <laughs> after making that video. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so personal best came out in 2018, and I heard you saying that this album, you didn't set out to make the album, but you thought you were going to write music for other people, and then you realized these songs, these collection of songs, were actually like really yours, and you wanted to put on an album. Is is that right? That's right. So like when I moved to Los Angeles. You know, when you're coming from a, a really isolated place like New Zealand, physically isolated, um, I think, yeah, uh, um, it's kind of the jump is so 
long or so big, like the leap is so extended that like the goal is just to get there. And then once you get there, it's hard to know what to do with yourself. (laughs) You're like, I've achieved this big dream to just be in LA. And, and I kind of, um, I kind of, you know, being an artist is a really, um, it's a big job, um, to put your personhood in alignment with your work in that way. Um, it's like, it, it demands a lot and I kind of wasn't ready to necessarily, um, be at the forefront of, of my work, but I still, there's no way I can avoid when I never want to avoid writing music. It's just so vital to me. And, and I, um, and it just seemed like a, such a sweet spot to be able to write for other people, you know, and, you know, a couple of my friends had kind of, um, moved over from New Zealand and were doing session work. Um, so there was a natural pathway into it. And, uh, with being so naive about it, I had the privilege of being super naive. So I just kind of like barreled my way in and I, I met a lot of interesting people and, you know, I was lucky enough to like make a lot of songs. Um, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean I had the kind of like industry ins on getting those songs cut by other artists. And, and there was a point where I just kind of realized that um, it was so my own language that I had accidentally made an album for myself and it was so personal, you know? Um, And so I kind of like reluctantly (laughs) realized that I, that I had to put it out myself and I'm, I'm so happy I did. I'm so proud of it. Yeah. I love that. I love that album. Do you, was there, did you realize it was going to be your own album once you got to the end of it or was it kind of partway through? When did that happen? It was partway through. So I had, I had a lot of, um, half, half baked, um, demos. And, and once I realized I was doing it for my own project, I kind of, um, with the help of Sam McCarthy, who kind of co-produced the album, um, pushed it over the line. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of like people like motivating me once they knew what, um, what the intention was, um, which was really helpful and really encouraging. Yeah. Just what friends, the, you know, that are like looking out for your yeah. uh, path. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's special to see the way, you know, once they know kind of your motivation, realizing how they can support you. Totally. What was the hardest part of making that album? I think the hardest part of anything is the last 10%. Mm. Um, when it's the, the kind of, um, you're, you're kind of, you could be finished, but you could also not be finished and you could, you could really tinker. I know everybody says this, but they say it cause it's deeply true. Like, you know, if there are any sticking points, they are so loud when you're listening through and it's like, what can I live with and what can I not live with? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's and then you know on that record I actually feel like there's very little that um I would change I, I think it's very uh, something in itself so is it kind of an intuitive sense for you of how you decide okay this is done yeah it's kind of like 
it's like um it's like is there a sense of irritation that's what i look for when i when i listen through it's like what's what's bothering me here um and then if you can get through it with minimal irritation i think it's <laughs> yeah i was wondering if you could pick one of the songs on that album and walk me through you know from the way the idea started all the way mm. to the end of the song how it happened great question man Ooh. well what's your favorite song on the record or, or a song you're interested in i can tell you about it i think my favorite's low brow okay now you make me feel low brow take me down you never look sorry low Okay, well, lowbrow is actually like the genesis story of the whole thing. Um, so I had gone to Los Angeles on the way to CMJ, which is a was a um, New York-based kind of music festival and kind of like showcase festival. It's kind of like um, South by Southwest, but for, for New Yorkers. Um, and, you know, at that time, my, um, my setup was a, a – a plank of wood <laughs> that I would lug around and a suitcase. So I would like, I was on my way to, to, to get very sweaty lugging my equipment around at this festival. But on the way there, I had a session with Sam McCarthy who um, I'd been connected with. He's a New Zealand artist and he's a New Zealand producer. Um, and it was just so outside of my experience of writing in that, um, I wasn't doing it kind of alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so like uh it felt very like easy because um there was no dead air. There was always encouragement in the dead air. So like it was just like being with a friend and um that experience kind of like shocked me and totally seduced me into that style of writing. And so I did that session and then I actually went to Tokyo after that for Red Bull Music Academy and then uh, set, set on the path of like trying to get to America um, in, a more, in a more permanent capacity. Um, but um, I, think I, I think I walked into the room. I always walk into the room with like a phrase um, that I want to explore. Um, and I'm pretty particular about lyrics. So... Uh, they usually take me a really long time, but in this case, they just kind of kind of, they kind of just tumbled out, and we we wrote it in a day. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it reflected something in my life about like being 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 treated in a way I didn't enjoy or something like that. Um, in fact, I know that was it, and it's very pointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, I also kind of like for that song, like I didn't. Um, it was the first time I'd really felt like I trusted the other person in the room. Not the first time, but like I kind of relinquished my own um, expectations of 
my taste, which, which is such a, um, sometimes can be a very limiting entry point to say like, this is what I like, you know? Um, and I know Sam expressed that he was surprised at what I did like from what he was kind of like offering. And I guess I was surprised myself. And, and, um, and I think from that, we just kind of like, uh, you know, realized that we were kind of building an, an, a language that was like fresh to both of us. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any cool anecdotes. I guess like when I, when I first walked into their house, it was a house full of New Zealanders and I was shocked that they were all wearing black in Los Angeles. I was like, wow, you can do that here? It's so hot. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, that song just really represents such a, um, a new dawn for me and, and that's why it's special. Yeah. And so when you're in the, you know, in the room with Sam, is it, are you starting with just lyrics for a while and then you add in sounds later or are they all happening at once? What does that process look like? Um, in that case, actually, like that's a really good illustration of, I like to, I like to write melodies to bass and drums. Um, any other kind of mel melodic content I could take or leave, but bass and drums, I even just bass. Um, and in that song, the, um, the melody is written in opposition to the, the rhythm of the bass to begin with. And then when the first chorus comes in, they, they align in a way that you don't expect. Um, mm. And I think like that speaks to like a nice sense of freedom that nobody in the room, well, Sam wasn't like, that's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I've continued that kind of like um, rhythmic uh, opposition, like um, laugh it off has the same quality. It's like, it doesn't necessarily fall melodically where you expect it to. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm really excited to now listen for this because yeah, I do not have a trained musician's ear. And so these are the kind of things I don't hear. And that's fascinating. Yeah, well, with because lo lowbrow, it's like a four to the floor, and I'm swinging it. I think if that, that's the case. Yeah, and then it comes in, and you kind of like you're like, oh, thank God, it's a relief. It is. It does make sense. <laughs> but I think my proudest moment in that song is the bridge. I think it's such a sick bridge, and I think people don't write enough bridges. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the, re the relief, you know. How did the bridge come together? Mm, I was trying to, um, I was I was listening to um, I Love You Always Forever mm -hmm. by Donna Lewis. Just yeah. that, like my style of music listening is so juvenile. It has not changed since I was like first listening to music at age nine or whatever. I, I put on a song and I listened to it on repeat until it absolutely dies like it's it's like true love you know i just <laughs> want it want it over and over and over if i threw my atoms at you as a kiss would you still look at me and look at me like this if i threw my atoms at you as a kiss 
video do do you ever are you thinking about the concept of the music video when the song is being made or how does that come to be man i wish i had that much capacity i I find that like when i'm writing a song it's like the world man it's like there are so many possibilities when you're writing a song that all of the um limitations are like it's going to be three minutes because it's a pop song. It's like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge or whatever. I I, I can't tell you how much I love that structural um, limitation because and, and saying that like if I let my mind wander into the visual aspect of it during the writing, I think that uh, I would just get so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like you don't – I don't know if I know exactly, well, not then. I didn't really know what I was, um, I was, I was very much into the, the kind of like the adventure of process. And so like not knowing what the end of it sound would sound like, you just delight in what, what happens at the end of the day, you know? And in that way, like, yeah, visually, I kind of tried to like keep it a little dampened because um, too many cooks, the the visual cook and the the sonic cook, don't don't um, they're too big for the room. I think at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so when you had when you made the music video, did you have kind of a vision for? the whole thing to start with or you had one piece and then it expanded as you started working on the idea um and so when i make at that time when i was making music videos the priority was um to enter spaces that felt familiar but were completely lacking in context so like the place that we shot the lowbrow video, it's called Silo Park and it's down in downtown Auckland um, in New Zealand. And it, it's a very visually dynamic space and, and it's actually a public space. So anyone has access to it usually. Um, and so, um, and, and I think like when I was saying with the bass and the drums are, are such a priority for me, it's because like when I'm listening to music, um, I'm in my head so much of the day that when I'm listening to my to music, like it activates my body in a way that is such a relief. And that's what that's what writing to bass and drums does for me. It's like a marriage of the cerebral and the physical. And so when I go into the the visual aspect and building the video out, um, I kind of need that clean slate to still exist, which is the context contextless space um which has a lot of opportunity to use the body in um and i think like um in that case the breezy geezers were like representative of like a specter that kind of um 
you're kind of like imitating the specter that's like restricting you in a way. You're kind of like trying to be one of them in a way. And that really interested me because there's such that the physicality of it is so um funny and <laughs> and um daunting and also under it undermines itself you know they're so loud and they're so big <laughs> um and I honestly I was just like I thought about it I thought about these breezy geezers and I and I tried to do the dancing and I was like this feels good and it feels funny and it feels like um married to this uh to the bass and drums like there's there's a lot of space in between the beats that allows those movements yeah um, and then we just built out the narrative of like what is the story here and um it it was it was like that push and pull of like the specters overwhelming you and you resenting the specters like at one point i like punch one of them and try to run away <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then uh, the kind of wilting of of it all, and then you kind of come back, and it's like more more physical comedy. And this time you're kind of like embodying a different part of the breezy geezer, which is the wind in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, like on the day, um, on the day we shot that, um, we had, the last shot we got was like. We, we were kind of having a little trouble with it. Um, and we almost didn't shoot that air in the face part. And then I talked to Alex and we decided like, oh, let's just, let's just do it. It's, it's like, everyone's exhausted, but it'll take like 30 minutes. And like, um, I'm so happy we did it because not even because it looked great in the video, but because it made everyone on set laugh. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it broke the tension of the, of the fatigue, you know, it was so, it was so funny. Yes. <laughs> and, and honestly kind of painful. <laughs> it looks painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even because of the air, like the debris. There's, it's like, I think what uh, we were pointing at my face was like leaf blowers or or maybe they were, it's like for a bouncy castle, like what you use to blow up a bouncy oh, castle. Uh -huh. Something like that. Anyway. <laughs> so I wanted to... I picked out my five favorite lyrics from okay. personal best. And I know I've heard you talk about like, that's a point that you really pride yourself on as your wordsmithing. And I, I really mm -hmm. do love that about your lyrics. And so I wanted to share them and yeah, if you have any comments on remembering that lyric or uh, love to hear. And the first one is I'll be your ride or cry. Okay, so like this is a lyric that oh no, is is that the lyric or should I? Yep. Yeah. Man, that was when that's like absolutely a product of like oh I'm I'm in the pop capital of the world and like what is the language of pop and um 
yeah. So I just kind of like, that was the thesis statement. It was kind of glib and like, I don't know. I just, that was like, that was with Leroy Clampett who, um, he and I met because we judged a children's music competition together. We like drove around New Zealand driving, um, judging this competition. And then like he was the bad cop and I was the good cop on this tour. And, and, and we retained that mischievous energy in LA. So I would like take the bus for two hours to get to his studio, which was behind a vape store in uh, near Santa Monica and so like right or cry, it just, it couldn't have been made with anyone else. It's too like, it's too mischievous and bratty, but, <laughs> but yeah. And like, that's another, another instance of like someone being like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. I don't know better, but I do know best. Just say whatever and hold my breath. I'm not all together. I won't find the rest. Lost in the temper. Break down, coalesce. Cause I got a mean bone in my body. If I want, then I can. Never mean it when I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for that. Got the life of the body. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that that's a, like a little bit of self-analysis there. <laughs> um, that I act like I know everything, but in fact, um, I don't know anything. <laughs> Next one, got gravel embedded in my hands, caught myself falling for a concrete plan, throwing stones like confetti, and I'm never really ready for it. So many people resent that it doesn't say spaghetti. Got myself falling for a concrete planner Throwing stones like confetti And I'm never really ready for it Got gravel embedded in my hands Got myself falling for a concrete planner Throwing stones like confetti And I'm never really ready for it Got the life the <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean Ooh, I, I, I think like I think it's all there. It's like lashing out when something doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Um, and kind of like there's some self-awareness, but self-awareness doesn't always equal um, kind of an alteration. So it's just you're in this cycle of like um, delusion that you're constantly disappointed by. Mm-hmm. The delusion of planning, more more true than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am definitely a planner and I, I like, I just love the plan words of concrete plan and like, oh yeah, you really do. It's like you fall in concrete when you try to make those plans because they yeah. usually don't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next one is now everybody looks at me like everything I've ever said has still got to be true. I try to take it as a joke. When my heart goes up in smoke When you push me, tease me low I wonder if you know 
Now everybody looks at me like everything I've ever said has still gotta be true But nothing is as easy to forget as what you never really knew Yeah, I, I think like that's also very an interesting like to put it in the current day context, I think it's interesting. It's like, um, I think we're all just muddling through. No one knows anything, really. And um, although you want to be trustworthy, you also want the forgiveness of um, being a person, you know. And uh, and I think, like, that's something that it contributes to kind of my uh, – fluctuation in social confidence is like um can i um can i can i just be or do i always have to mind my p's and q's um and you know i'm sure a lot of people with anxiety understand that yeah yeah i think it is there isn't a lot of space in kind of our media right now for people make mistakes and people change their minds and uh, we're all trying our best and not everything I ever said is something I still believe or <laughs> yeah, exactly. would say. Yeah. And frankly, like, I mean, in my case at that time, I have the worst memory on the planet. I really do. It's like a joke amongst friends. Like, I remember that time we like yada yada. And I'm like, man, is that real? I, or I like, was I there? <laughs> God, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my last brace, one. Brace myself when people have memories. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends could play some really uh, mean jokes on you knowing oh this. About <laughs> oh, my God. I wish they would. <laughs> <laughs> so my last favorite lyric is, because I'm a high beam honey, showing the way it's going to be but you're a lightweight honey, never enough for all of me. But I'm a high beam honey, showing the way it's gonna be, oh. Cause you're a lightweight honey, never enough for all of me. There's a big light, trying to spill out of me, but you're alone <laughs> Oh my God, what a brat. <laughs> I love the way you switch lightweight to be like, weighing down someone's light yeah 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 i mean i mean that's my favorite thing you know have you ever played do you play wordle no i have that, that's the phone game that's like really popular right now yeah right? I, I mean i haven't yeah. played it if you're if it, i mean like any kind of word puzzle game um where you kind of like have to re-examine the ingredients as they get eliminated that's how I feel about songwriting is that like the next line is like a line is only as good as the punchline, you know, which is the next line. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that like, that's what I labor over the most. The easy lines or, or the, or the, like the, the first line is always like, Oh, I could feel pretty good about myself and stop here. But then the next line is the labor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's how that's how I experience it. It's and 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 it's good labor. It's like puzzle solving labor. Yeah. Do you like brain teaser activities? 
or games? I never, I've never, I never did them before, but I've only just started doing them. And that's how I've realized what, what the songwriting is to me is playing Wordle. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is a very similar sens- sensation to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard you talk about the challenges of being a musician in the streaming era and mm-hmm. as someone you know, not in the music industry. I wanted to hear from you. What do you think an ideal world would look like in terms of being a musician today? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's as easy as a penny a stream. I think if there was a penny a stream, um, there would be a lot less um, questions about the value of music and for, for, for musicians. Um, And, uh, you know, and I would also say that like, I've never been in the music industry, really. I've like always been a little bit on the outside. Um, and I think that like, yeah, I, I think financial independence for an artist could um, address a lot of issues from like, you know, mistreatment and and kind of like people taking advantage of people. It's like, it would be, it'd be really cool if, um, there wasn't, it wasn't so hierarchical based on just how difficult it is to make a really basic living. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, no that's all. <laughs> okay. Um, and you did recently sign with a record label, right? Mm-hmm. Has it changed? Uh, do you feel like, okay, now I have some of these resources, like this changes the process or what's been different about that? Yeah. So like, it's my first time being with a label and it's been a really positive experience because it hasn't lived up to any of the horror stories because they're small and um, there's there's no way I could have an impression of them that isn't entirely human because it's a very, it's like a small mom and pop kind of operation. It's car park records. Um and, you know, the way that I was introduced to them was through a close friend. So, and, you know, we had, we, we've, we've had dinner one time um, in kind of like a lull in the pandemic. And um, I was so happy to leave that dinner because we didn't talk about music once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think like that's, you know, the best kind of collaborations, which is what it feels like, um, are uh, have a lot of reciprocity outside of the kind of um, uh, transactional aspect of music. And I think uh, they're really good about that, you know, not and not in a cynical way. I think it's like a very honest approach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had nearly finished the record I'm putting out and um, when they when they came on board, so... Um, really what they've helped me do is like learn about the industry really and like what it what what extra things you need to do to kind of um, take yourself a little bit more seriously which is you know I've always taken myself seriously but I but there's that and then there's like knowing the protocol you know and um, just learning it so in that way it's been a really valuable experience. What are some things you're doing differently now with that kind of advice and guidance? Yeah. I mean, it's all back end stuff. It's like, okay, like 
like week one, it was like, okay, cool. We got the masters. So now you have to write out like a little kind of like crib sheet for this album. Like what does each song mean? Like really quick. And just kind of like, it's a new way to understand your work, which at times, like when you're on your own, you're on your own and like, you're kind of like just trying to retain your own confidence just to make the work. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's enough confidence to cover, um, <laughs> to cover like uh, understanding the work in a, in a whole way. Like, how can I put this? It's kind of like um, I, I almost look or I almost listen to songs I've made and I think, wow, who made that? You know, like, like, <laughs> like oh, that was kind of, um, I can't believe I managed to do that somehow. And this way you kind of like, you like take more ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to. Is there anything you feel like fans could do in the imperfect system that exists of how musicians, you know, have their music online or, um, is there anything fans can do now that would support artists they love more? Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think there are a lot of artists calling for the penny per stream model. Um, I'd love to hear like fan voices echo that sentiment. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably like the main thing. All right. So I wanted to transition to talking about Soft Spot, which I'm very excited for cool. that coming out April 29th. And first I wanted to kind of bridge the gap between personal best and soft spot. And I'm wondering what your life has looked like since, you know, in between personal best and soft spot. Yeah. Um, it's been through a lot of transitions. Um, I think like something that maybe everyone who makes something and continues to make things knows is that, um, once you've kind of like rolled something out, there's a discomfort that you kind of like can't identify and maybe the, and, and you kind of have to work to figure out where it's coming from. And, um, and I think it's a good discomfort to have because you kind of like don't want to repeat yourself, but you don't know how you've changed yet, you know? And so like moving into soft spot, it was a similar kind of process at that time. It was like, I ah, just kind of like going to do sessions with my friends to kind of like clear the cobwebs or whatever. And um, kind of like sifting through what it is that you're making and what about it. Um, yeah. What about it is like, what, what more of it can I take into my own hands to kind of sculpt it to be something that sits right with me? And so like for soft spot, there's a lot more of my own production on it. And, um, you know, I kind of was very afraid before of, um, my own incompetence. And I kind of like with a lot of like clawing <laughs> and a lot of like, um, kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of, realize that I have the capabilities and capacity to, um, you know, engineer and produce 
um, in a way that I was kind of like timid about before and didn't take a lot of ownership over and was more verbal than physical. But um, soft spot is kind of the marker of me kind of having a bit of more, bit more technicality with production. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess like, I'm also trying to like head towards somewhere that's like a little more vocally elastic. Um, I think like for personal best, I did a lot of the like French wispy singing, <laughs> like a lot of air in the voice. Mm-hmm. And, and for soft spot, it's, it, there's a lot more, um, it's, it's a little bit more gymnastic for me. Cool. Excited yeah. to, to hear that. Yeah. So I had um, seen an interview from, I think it was back close to when Personal Best had come out. And they, I loved this. They had asked you questions that were all based on the song titles. And one of the songs was, or questions was, is the music you're making next more ride or more cry? And <laughs> just, just a I great say? question. And you had said more cry. Um, Wrong. <laughs> okay, I was curious where soft spot had gone. <laughs> oh, it's way more ride. It's way more sexy. It, I, it's like there's a there's a song about a one night stand on there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's way more allusions to sex. Like, um, and I think that it's an age thing. Like, I'm I'm in my early 30s, and I feel like less um, worried about what my mom's gonna think. um which is nice it's nice to like enjoy womanhood at this stage in that way yeah um so yeah i wanted to ask what you're most looking forward to or most proud of in the album maybe that's a part of it you don't have to worry about what your mom thinks (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely part of it um what is my you know actually there's something that i've always wanted to do and i and we keep, and I'm still doing it, which is to, um, you know, that contextless conversation we had um, is to add more context that isn't um, manufactured. So, like, there are a lot of like um, sound recordings peppered in of just friends, like conversations with friends, and like um, really, it's like, it's like, approaching a more it's approaching a bigger context they're they're like the little clips are definitely removed from 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 context for sure but um like there's a there's a clip of uh I got I was on tour last year in New Zealand luckily (laughs) and um the 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 van stopped at a very rural swap meet um it's just this big field filled with farmers and, and like, you know, it's like a, it's like a market. Um, and they all thought it'd be, I was like, I went to the bathroom and it was, there was a long line and they all thought it'd be really funny to pretend I was a child and go to the speaker room and tell them that I was missing. (laughs) (laughs) So like, there's a clip of like them calling me over the speaker as like a lost child. <laughs> that's great uh do you find sometimes you're just with friends and you'll just put your phone out and press record and just kind of see what it'll pick up yep <laughs> yeah 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 I try not to be um 
I try not to be kind of like too nefarious about it, but I think maybe there are certain people that understand that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet you get lots of cool sounds that way. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'm mostly interested in just like people's personalities tumbling out. Yeah. So did you, would you say that with this album also the last 10% was the hardest part? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Because, um, frankly, like another part of working with car park is that they have like reasonable timelines and it's like, <laughs> As somebody who's just lived up to my own timelines, it was like, man, God, I really required their patience and they luckily gave it. Um, but yeah, I, I was, we were in New Zealand and I had like, like the last like 15% to go. And uh, I, um, there's this, there's this uh, organization called APRA. Um, they're a performing, uh, they're a royalty kind of uh company but they have um they have this studio like a one like a bedroom style studio and during the lockdown they allowed me to keep going there so um <laughs> for the last 10 percent, i was like locked in a room while everyone was locked in their houses <laughs> <laughs> but it was great i like really appreciated that that was part of the competence kind of um test it was like Oh no, like when I have the resources like this, which I feel so lucky to have, it, it you know, recording vocals is not a huge mystery. And like, um, you really just need a good sounding room to like make it sound good. Um, I think that's, it would be cool if like more people got to experience that. Um, Yeah. And you're you're gonna go on tour, is that right, for Soft Spot? I'd love to. Um, I'm actually just about to. I'm thinking about launching a Patreon because um, I'd really love to re. Uh, I have like a, an idea for a new live show, and I, I'd love to just um, see if until we get a penny per stream, <laughs> whether you know fans would like to be a part of helping me do that. Um, so. Yeah, I'd love I can't wait to tour it and I can't wait to tour a new idea. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that, you should definitely do a Patreon. Do you uh, without giving too much away, do you have anything you want to share about the new uh live idea? Um, I think it's like it's like a good um progression from from the how I've been playing live in that it's um it speaks to soft spot it speaks to the the intimacy of soft spot, but um, also kind of like jokes about the the past setup in a way that, of course, like the best jokes are just making fun of yourself. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so and the jokes that you think are the most funny yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. oh yeah it's just okay. gonna be a comedy routine no music <laughs> it's just gonna be stand-up that would be yeah. great <laughs> yeah uh i feel like you could actually with a lot of your lyrics you could like read them in a different way than you sing them and that would work as a stand-up routine so, oh my god that i really find that to be a huge compliment 
<laughs> so <Good>. thank you. <laughs> I mean it as such. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So if you had to sum up soft spot in one sentence or phrase, what would that be? Oh my lord. Oh, easy. It's the lyric. It's it's the primary lyric from Soft Spot, which is, "I'm gonna love you from the soft spot where the fruit begins to rot." Oh, nice. Yeah. And when people listen to the album, do you feel like okay, this is an album you're best listened to when you're like driving or when you're in your house and you can dance or like what do you feel like is the best context to listen to it in? Mm, well, a great question because I only just discovered the answer. Um, I took a train at night from Manhattan to Brooklyn and, um, it was still kind of bustling from the evening, you know, people had, had been coming and going and I listened, I was like, wonder what this record sounds like on the subway. I, Cause you're in motion, but you've relinquished yourself to kind of like the motion of somebody else's hand. Mm-hmm. And the album sounded so good at night on the subway. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I'm actually, I might be in New York on April 29th. So that could work out really well Oh my well God. For me. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Yeah. We, we do not have subways here in Portland. <laughs> Any kind of public transport, I think. <laughs> Great. Okay. Awesome. I can hop on the bus. Perfect. So stepping outside of your life as a musician and multimedia artist, I'm wondering how you like to spend your, quote, spare time. (laughs) Um, I I really love watching stand-up comedy. That's really like, I mean, that's something I have to kind of like find my way in New York with because, um, and I know it's like everywhere here, but I really found, found my way in LA. I would go like three times a week to this, this, um, venue called dynasty typewriter um and just kind of like like just just whatever's on i'm gonna go see it Um, yeah yeah i think it's just like honestly the perfect format you don't have to carry anything it's like (laughs) it's lightweight and it's just kind of like it's the fundamentals of performance you know um somebody it's so difficult like being alone on stage like that and all you have is your voice and your body it's so impressive. Yeah. Do you have any favorite stand-up comedians? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Jacqueline Novak, her show, Get On Your Knees, I've seen it three times. I just think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm sure if I had been able to see Kate Berlant, um, I'm a fan of their podcast together. It's called Poog. Um, but unfortunately, uh, like, I was shut down right when my Kate Berlant tickets were coming up to be, to be uh, used. Um, who else do I love? Uh, Patty Harrison, man, I've never been in, in, in tears like that before. It was so absurd and great. Yeah. Oh, Rose Matafeo. Hilarious. Um, she's got a great show on, uh, on HBO now. Uh, Starbuck second season's just about to come out. She's a New Zealand comedian and she's just killing it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to to look up all these comedians. This sounds great. I I love comedy and I don't um I've never gone to a a live show and have 
been dying to do that. But in the meantime, would oh, love yeah. to see see some new people online. Well, man, if you, I don't know if Jacqueline Novak is touring. I mean, I it might she might be playing in Portland. I think I, I highly recommend it. It's kind of like honestly more like an incredible piece of like intellectual comedic performance art or something. It's yeah. like it's very cerebral comedy, which is what I love. Yeah. Oh, great. I'll look her up her tour. That'd be awesome if she came through here. For sure. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. So let's see. What's yeah, what's something that you've been really into recently? Like um, this rewatching any, anything that you've just been like kind of getting obsessed with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like like uh rewatching Mad Men, the writing is just so insanely good. Um I I like regularly write stuff down about it while I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then the things you write down, are they kind of like song inspiration or like what kind of things do you write down? I like I write down just good lines because I, I think there's such a specific style of writing that is um on there that is really like it's so sharp and not colloquial in many ways. And I think like, I, I just, I just, I kind of like that um, elevated reality. That's, it's not trying to mimic real life, really. It's kind of this um, honed life. <laughs> yeah. A, a honed reality where everyone is really sharp. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's such a great example of kind of, you know, this idea that inspiration is everywhere that it's you're you're appreciating words in all forms uh whether that be from a tv show or your friends talking or you know then song lyrics totally and i mean i think like songwriting is like is like um ironing out your own philosophies or something and like undermining them and exploring them and and i think that um you know it's kind of like when i was like 10 and and there were like a bunch of books on the on the floor in in the classroom and you, you each had to take turns grabbing one and i'd never heard of the loch ness monster in my life and i was like and that's the book i got to take and so i, I like read this book and it's it seemed like this new concept that i mean it was a new concept to me but all of a sudden i started hearing about the loch ness monster all the time you know i'm sure there's a german word for this like <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and that's how I feel about, you know, when you're thinking about writing songs is like, you kind of like write down a, a, a phrase or like what you think is the thesis statement. And then you kind of like wander around your life kind of, um, and your ears prick up when something kind of relates, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's all just like filling the, filling the like, uh, well, Mm-hmm. so you kind of understand or like you know what you're what you're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah once you see something you kind of you can't unsee it and then it's everywhere exactly exactly yeah there must be a good word for that somewhere <laughs> <laughs> ah, call in <laughs> yeah <laughs> let us know <laughs> <laughs> It's listener Bianca on the line, and the phrase they're looking for here is the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, more commonly referred to as frequency illusion or frequency bias. 
Also, Chelsea, I'm a huge fan, and I, like you, tend to listen to the same record on repeat until it's dead and buried, which usually lasts for months on end. When I really think about it, though, I realize I'm actually toggling between two albums on repeat. There's always one to match me when I'm craving an energy boost, and another to match me when I'm craving something more zen. Except when I'm listening to your tracks. Your music is a chameleon and magically manages to meet me in all of my moods. I don't know how you've done it, but I'm eternally grateful for your existence and your art. Thank you, Chelsea Jade. All right, so last question. I wanted to see if you could leave us with a recommendation. And it's just open-ended, a recommendation for anything. I'm going to repeat a recommendation I've been giving because it's just filled me with so much joy, which is to say, like, as I was saying, I like just got my driver's license. And so there was a lot of hanging out at the DMV for me, you know, and <laughs> and um, I found that if you're in kind of like a situation where you're biding your time in a queue or something, it's so good to have uh, like note a notebook and some stamped envelopes on you to write little funny notes to your friends like and then you just pop them in the in the mailbox or whatever and and one day they'll get it you know yes it's so I nice love that. <laughs> so That's i awesome. recommend that little like not fussy like just little like like a bullet point note list or something that just like makes your friends in the future realize that you think about them all the time yes oh i love that yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually going to the DMV it's either this week or next week. I have to get one of those like new fancier licenses. Um, the real ID. The real ID. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so prove <Nice>. I'm real. <laughs> I was wondering actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm just through a screen, so you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not to scale. <laughs> Indentations of my underclothes. Under where your hands would go. We'd keep the talking to a minimum Just elongate the syllables to make them into Thank you, Chelsea Jade. I love you and your music so much. Everybody, go listen to her album, Personal Best, and get ready for her new album, Soft Spot, coming out April 29th. All right, listen up. I want you to be on this podcast. Like, really, your voice on this podcast. I want to hear what you think about the books we read, the music we talk about, all of it. If you sign up for my newsletter, you can find out ahead of time what books, music, or other topics we'll be discussing on upcoming episodes. And then you can either submit audio messages that I can play on the podcast, or I might actually bring you on as a co-host for a full episode. Hearing from you makes this so much more fun for me. So please wiggle out of your little shell and take the first step by signing up for my newsletter at donttalktomepod.com. Oh, and you know that thing they all say about, please leave me a review? It would be really cool if you did that, so give it a thought. Thanks. Talk to you next week. It's all too much and not enough. I don't want to give it up. Just